A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Today, we've got a malicious compliance story involving a customer who spends tens of millions of dollars annually. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, working with Rod. So Rod, not his real name, was a great employee, good worker, kind-hearted, and basically the class clown. One day, he got a little malicious compliance on me. We use a lot of equipment, including a small push-around single-man lift. It's small enough to fit through a door, but can be set up to reach about 30 feet high. One day, I casually asked Rod, Hey, can you bring the lift back to the office? We just use it for finishing a job, and he was driving the truck that could haul it. He said, Sure, no problem. A few hours later, I get back to my office, I open the door, immediately stop in stunned silence. Rod had pushed the lift into my office, behind my desk, and put my chair inside. I honestly laughed so hard I cried a bit. I texted him and said, well, I asked you to bring it to the office, didn't I? He simply replied with, uh, mission accomplished. He's since retired and I miss him. He still comes to our barbecues and holiday parties. I say this is only hilarious if he's willing to help you get it back out of your office afterwards. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome malicious compliance stories, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, go get another offer. Okay, this happened last summer. I'd been working at an office for about three years. We were starting to come back to a hybrid schedule. Perhaps not coincidentally, not long after I caught COVID and I was just so tired for the next month. My workload had been getting ever higher and higher. Every time I'd tell my manager I had too much to do and we needed to offload some of it to someone else, he would tell me, well, you're doing a good job, keep it up. He generally didn't listen to anything you told him. And my job was simpler the more I avoided him. I had previously been at a place I enjoyed, but... I took a chance on a move to fill some experience in my career I felt needed. Even up to this point, despite the burnout, I felt like I was in the position I wanted to be in. Then my manager starts telling me about how he's working on hiring someone who used to work there before I did, who was at the place I had come from. He has the same level of experience as me, but he's commanding a salary 20 plus percent higher than I was making. This really upset me. I tried to let it go, but after a few days I confronted my manager, saying that if the new guy was coming in at a higher salary, then I should get a bump in pay too. Go get another offer. I can't do anything unless you get another offer. Something in my head snapped. Between COVID fatigue and burnout, I realized how exhausted I was and that it was time to leave. That day I called my previous employer, and three days later I had signed a job offer. I'm now making that 20% more, have an appropriate amount of work, and report to a manager who listens to what I say. Weirdly enough, if somebody comes to you and says, yeah, we hired somebody from your previous employer who was making 20% more, you're almost advertising to that worker, they just got an open spot and they're making 20% more over there. Maybe it's worth going back. Our next story is, document every detail. I used to work at a call desk, one where my primary duty was to dispatch field personnel to remote locations to solve technical issues and document their findings and tickets on our system. Our direct supervisor was a chronic micromanager. 
we had received yet another email requesting that we provide as much detail as possible in the tickets, as management would like to know the root cause. We are to ask the field personnel for a root cause. That same shift, I had to call out a particularly prickly individual, and when the issue was resolved, he informed me about what repair he performed. It made sense to me, however. I informed him that I had to ask him what he believed the root cause to be for the equipment failure. He said, because it's old and crappy and needs to be replaced. I asked if it was okay if I paraphrased the swearing. He said it was. Some details still need to be omitted, I guess. So my update read something to the effect of, root cause was deemed to be really old equipment in poor condition. Personnel recommends replacement. This would have come at significant cost to the company. And the next day, I received an email from my supervisor saying I am not to be putting information like that in tickets. Our next story is, I can't pre-close to leave early? Fine, then I'll just leave later. I work at a fast food store, and during the holidays, hours had been cut for slow business. I work the closing shifts and I'm usually by myself when dealing with rushes or when it comes to closing down the store, so I've been trying to pre-close when I come in for my shift. This may include restocking and changing the use-by dates, or cleaning out the toppings and placing it in a tub, then replacing it back into the fridge. Sometimes it gets messy since I'm the only one there, but I try my best to do it when there's no one in front of me, with the exception of a few. One day, I come in and my shift leader tells me that I can't pre-close any later than 9. We close at 10.15, but for one person alone to clean the entire front is insane. I would never leave. My manager printed out an entire sheet and you had to go through the entire list before actually starting to close. And even if you finish everything on the list, if it wasn't 9 o'clock you still couldn't pre-close. Here's the malicious compliance. My coworker is the one who taught me the method of pre-closing so we can get out at 10.45 instead of 12. I refuse to do anything but what is in front of me. My job was to serve the customers, not to be prepping food or cooking the food, so I didn't help out at other stations like I used to. I made sure my station was prim and proper, glass shields so clean it looked like it wasn't even there. When there was a rush, I took my time with each customer and really got to know them as some are regulars. But because I'm the only one in the front, I usually rush to kill my line, so I'm not all smiles and conversation as we got lectured on. Because I did this, I didn't get to start closing until after closing time, which meant I didn't leave till 12.30. So, because you wouldn't let me stick to my pre-closing routine, which got me out faster and cost you less money, I'm milking every minute to abide by your rules. And since I didn't help with other stations in my downtime, me, who is supposed to be the last station standing, besides Dishes, who finishes around the same time I do, is still seeing sections that need cleaning because we also didn't have enough people at night. My manager the other day stayed the closing shift with us. My shift leader told me that my manager asked her why I left so late the other day. But when you work the closing shift, you understand why I left so late. Because that day we were sort of swamped. And I made sure he saw me following his rules step by step. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. 
Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. He left later than I did that day, and I left at 12.45. You gotta love those retail slash restaurant workplaces where... Unless you can dice yourself up into multiple smaller U's and do multiple jobs at once, you're never doing it good enough. Our next story is pushback to the buyer if credit terms don't match? Okay then. Working in customer service is a mixture of do it the way it needs to be to get done and do what you're told. In this case, my manager and I used malicious compliance to make a point to the finance department that Okay, we'll do as we're told, even if it makes our company look incompetent to our biggest customers. When we migrated to the new point-of-sale system, I noticed that the credit terms showing up on the order confirmations for one of our biggest customers weren't right. The number of percentage net terms on their purchase orders didn't match what we have on contract, but didn't match what was showing up on our order entry and confirmation screens for their customer account. At first, it was as simple as correcting the credit terms on the orders in our system to match up with what we have on contract with the customer, and informing finance that we saw some wrong credit terms showing up on our orders. We thought this was a fine workaround, until our electronic system was updated with the correct credit terms. This was met with a strong, No, your department does not adjust credit terms on orders. You will ask the customer to update their purchase orders and you will not enter any of their orders until their POs match what our system shows. 
Mind you, this is for one of our biggest customers, tens of millions of dollars annually. So my manager came to the conclusion that we needed some grease, so it's time to make the wheels squeak. Cue malicious compliance. Seeing that finance wasn't actually updating our system and instead ordered us to reject the customer orders until they changed the credit terms on their orders, my manager gave me a directive. In writing, he knew it was respectful to not throw me under the bus for this. Your instructions are to reject the customer's orders and request they change their credit terms to what the system says it should be. I grinned. He grinned. I knew what was going to happen. He used me like the tool I am, and it was 100% consensual. I started rejecting all of their orders and asked their buyers to update the credit terms on their purchase orders to what was, frankly, wildly wrong terms and not close to what we had on contract with them. It wasn't long before a deluge of irate emails came pouring in from the customer, angrily demanding why we were making them change credit terms how there were absolutely no negotiations held about changing credit terms, asking why an order entry agent was essentially dictating major financial matters, and how this was wildly unprofessional of us. When word got around that some lowly customer service agent was telling our customer to change their credit terms, I just showed the email saying, my boss told me to do it. And my boss then pulled out his emails and said, finance department told me they wanted my department to do this. Wouldn't you know, less than a day later, the customer's credit terms were updated in the system to what they should be. This is incredible that you showed the finance department there was a clear discrepancy and an error in their system, and they said, nah, there can't be an error in our system. Tell them to change their numbers. Our next story is, shh, this is a study space. So near me, there's rooms in the various academic and recreational buildings, specifically designed for either solo or group studies. I have a bit of trouble studying in my dorm since I lose focus there, so I use these rooms to be productive. For the first two quarters of my freshman year, I would use this one specific conference room that was out of the way. Most of these rooms have huge hallway-facing windows, and I abhor being watched, and there were even these two crows that would hang out by the window. It was big, empty, and had a whiteboard and projector. Basically, it was perfect for me. I would spend hours after class there until 1am when the building would close and they kicked me out. I ended up becoming pretty good friends with the closing staff there. Then they came. It was a group of five boys that would suddenly barge in while I was working and would use the room to horse around and ruin the quiet and productive space I had. At first, they would knock on the door poke their heads in and ask if they could hang out in here, and like an idiot I said yes. This had happened before with people spotting the room and asking if they could sit with me, and they would usually be kind and quiet and study as well. These guys though were just there to mess around. Every day they'd show up and eventually stopped asking permission. At some point I asked them if they could be a little quieter since I could hear them through my headphones, and they just gave me a look and waved me off. They would arrive after me and leave before me so the staff never really saw them, and I had no grounds to complain since they technically weren't doing anything wrong, as the space wasn't in a library, so there were no volume rules. One day when I was studying for the midterm, I locked the door for the first time, since I really, really needed to prepare. When they came and jiggled the handle, I did my best to ignore them, pretending I couldn't hear. Instead, they went and got a staff member to unlock it. 
When they asked why I'd done that, I told them that I needed to study and that I couldn't handle them being loud right now. They got angry and told me that if I didn't like it, I should leave. I complained that I'd been there first, that there were other better places they could hang out and be loud, but they said it would be easier if I moved. Now, I could, as there were plenty of other study rooms, but in theory, so could they, as well as going to designated social spaces where they could be as loud as they wanted at their dorms. This room was tucked away and I'd gotten comfortable using it, as my counselor had shown it to me when I was having trouble with mental health at the start of the year due to academic stressors. They had stopped being nice and gracious, treating me like I was the invader instead of them, and it annoyed me to no end. The next day, one of the guys was sitting in there alone when I arrived, and the door was locked. He looked up and leered at me, literally laughing in my face. He poked his head out and told me that he was here first, and to go elsewhere because this was their room. I said, but I've been studying here all year. Why do you want this room so badly? He says, first come, first serve. Better find somewhere else to study from now on. It's not like your name is on this place. Oh, my name isn't on it? We'll see about that. Malicious compliance time. See, the system for the rooms is typically first come, first serve, just like he said. However, there is another way to get a room. Reserve it. Our school has a website that you can use to book a space for any amount of time and the reservations show up on a little screen next to the door, and it will turn red when the room's in use. You can put the names of participants and the reason for the booking, and whoever has the reservation gets priority, even if there was someone already in the room. Thing is, not a lot of people know about the website, since it isn't advertised anywhere or really talked about. You've probably guessed what I did. I reserved the room from the time my classes ended until the time the building closed for the next day. When I got there, some of the guys were sitting in there already, some waving at me, some shooing me away. I simply smiled and walked to the staff office, telling them that I'd reserved the room, but some people were already in there and I was having trouble getting them out. I'm soft-spoken and strangers make me nervous, so they were willing to help. The staff person came and told them they needed to leave, and they retorted that they were there first, again telling me to go somewhere else. Then the staff explained that I'd reserved the room, that I had priority, and that they needed to leave now, and I held up the reservation receipt on my phone. This seemed to reach them as they grumbled and left, instead sitting out in the lobby where they continued to goof off, and I got the room all to myself. This worked so well that I booked the room for the next day, and the day after that, I booked it for as far as I could and set up an alarm so I could book another day when the site updated. When I came back the next day, one of the guys was standing in front of the door looking at the screen that had my name on it. I slipped past him, closing the door behind me, and waved as he huffed and walked away. I still let other people in, and eventually when I moved off campus, I could set up my own space that was just as effective, but for a solid four months I kept this up, and no one ever barged in on my sessions again. Honestly, I think it's just nice that they have this opportunity to rent a study space where you can have that peace of mind. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 